Welcome to the 10th edition of the Refod. You got me, Wayne Riles, Wayne Baker, Martin Cassidy. We're here for a 10th edition. Football's hotting up. The foot, well, football's starting now. We've had the lower league start of the Championship League One, League Two. Uh, and then this season, this week, this weekend, kicks off Friday night Premiership, Burnley, Man City. So I've got a funny feeling as the football kicks off, so's the record. It's going to get busy. There's going to be loads of stuff to talk about. There's loads of new rules, changes coming in. I'm already hearing little people moaning at Martin about the amount of yellow cards that's being thrown around. He's already <laughs> preparing himself for a year of abuse. Um, but today, um, we're going in a slightly different direction to the one that we normally take. Now, if you've been listening to us since we started, all those, what, nine episodes ago, uh, we've had some really, really famous people on here from ex-Premier League referees to uh, people who work behind the scenes at the FA to people who talk about it on national radio. But we've always said when we started this podcast, it wasn't going to be about just for the people that, you know, we see on TV or you hear about on the radio. We wanted this to be accessible for everybody to get involved Everybody to kind of share the stories on football, refereeing, uh, because if, I think once you find once football hits you, once it attaches itself to your life, it can be life changing in loads of ways, and it's a massive outlet for people, not just in this country, but all over the world in terms of um, what the game does. I've always said, and Wayne will always back me up on this. I tell people at my club, grassroots football, for example, it's more than just a game of football. You get so much more out of it. Um, than just football. Football might be the, the, the creaming on the cake, but there's there's loads of it other than just the football. So today, Scott, who is with us, uh, whichever way you're looking at him on the screen, top, right, left, I don't know where you, you guys can see him at home, um, reached out to us on Facebook a couple of months ago now, was it, Scott? Or just after the first few episodes, I think. Yeah, I think um, you did your first couple of pods, yep. And he reached out because we've been saying, look, if you've got a story, if you've got something you'd like to share, something you want to discuss, and I think we put it... Scott's coming from a different angle. We, we've challenged people to come on here and have a go at mine because <laughs> he's, ex- <laughs> he's the expert. Um, anyway, yeah, and if we, we've always said if you've got a pair of balls big enough, then put your money where your mouth is, get in touch, and we'll have you on. And Scott has been the first one, really, to come forward. Not to kind of challenge mine, but Scott's got a really, really... Um, it's not just a story, a story, this Scott, is it? It's a journey. It's a journey that you've been on from the little bits that I know. So I'm going to hand it over to you. We might break you up a little bit to ask you questions and I'll be scribbling down notes to, to make sure that I don't forget stuff. But before we start, Scott, I'm going to ask you right now, before we go into the, the story from before, what is it you're currently doing now with grassroots football? What is your role within football right now? Grassroots referee. For what age group? Kids or adults? Anything. Anything to be the same, basically. So you do, do you do ref for both then? You'll, you'll do kids? Yeah, pretty much. Saturday mornings, I'll do the local grassroots stuff or the local academy for the team around the corner. In the afternoon, I'll do the adult stuff. Has it changed your life? I wish I started years ago. Really? Yeah. So, so referees are a massive positive, because we always champion this. We always say, look, we know there's a load of shit out there. We know that there's there's a load of abuse that's getting thrown referees' way. But I do it. I love it. Uh, Wayne does it. He loves it. Martin I used to do it. He he still loves it. Um, so it does it. Even though there's a lot of stuff that comes with it, mm. it is life changing in a lot of ways, isn't it? Yeah, but as a, as a Scotsman living in England for 32 years, I've taken a fair bit of abuse. So <laughs> water water for dogs back and, now. So yeah, we're fine. Can I ask how old you are now? I'm 46. 
So when we're going to get stuck into your story in a minute. When the incident happened, how mm-hmm. was how old was you then? 19, 18, 19. 18, 19. Yeah. So should we get into it? Do you want to tell yeah. us? A, we'll, we'll deal with the main event first. And yeah. then we'll we'll talk about the aftermath of it and, and how you've wound up doing what you're doing. So I'm going to hand this over to you now. And you Fine. tell us what, what you think is the... Well, tell yeah, us your story. 18, 18, 19 years old. I was playing Sunday football, basically. Um, long story short, we were in a game that we had to win. To I think we were just trying to stay up. And we had two players sent off for fighting each other. Um, the referee just sent him off when he was fine. He was right to send him off. I went over to ask him why. And at the time, I thought he was condescending. He just told me to go away. Uh, and before I, know, I, before I knew it, I stuck the nut on him. I headbutted him. Um, and I broke the old fella's nose. And as soon as I did it, I thought, shit, no, nope, shouldn't have done it. Um, he, of course, abandoned, he abandoned the game. Not a problem with that at all. And all the players went back to the changing rooms fine. I waited outside the changing rooms afterwards to apologise to him. I said it was here the moment and he accepted my apology. He said, yep, yeah, fine, no problem. However, I still will report it to your local FA. And so you will get a ban. I said, yeah, that's fine. I'll accept what's coming to me. And he said, um, and as you apologised, I won't involve the local police force. I said, I'll, I'll, we'll keep them out of it. All right, thank you very much. Um, a couple of hours later, the old bill turned up at the door. Oh. He's, he's a good lady, convinced him that he should be accepting that. And they turned up and, uh, yeah, they arrested me that night for uh, ABH, one of the referees. And what was the outcome of that? The outcome of that, because I took the time to stay behind and apologise to him, he was quite happy to leave it with the local police force. And thankfully for me, they took my caution, uh, they took my apology on board and just gave me a caution. Otherwise, it could have been, it could have been six months inside as an 18-year-old, 19-year-old. Is, I'm going to, I'm going to pass to the guys in a minute, is... I think it, I'm trying to I'm trying to put this out. I can think out best. Was you had you been a I say violent? Had you had you previous to this? You know temper issues on a football pitch outside out and about on a normal out in a normal day to day life. No, on a football pitch after I took it upon me. If I I always thought I was a good footballer. I wasn't. I was shite. I could head the ball. I could kick the ball. And if I couldn't do that, I kick someone. And that's that's the way I played football. <laughs> And the reason why the reason why I've asked that question is to you because I think there's a lot of people out there that football is their release. And the mm. reason why I connect that is that I know from speaking to my local FA uh, and my local league that I'm involved heavily with in Doncaster, um, that since COVID, um, abuse and physical altercations, assaults have gone through the roof like never before. Um, and I don't think they've come back down, to be honest, given the fact no. that we live in a... I can't get political. I'd love to, uh, but we're in a we're living in a time where I think a lot of people are struggling. Football is the release, and for some people, it becomes um, what's the word? Little Wayne's going to correct me in a minute. Uh, all encapsulating just takes over, and you have these moments of of madness. Um, and and so I think it's important that we stress that for some reason, when certain people do enter a field of play or they're in and around a field of play it can turn them into different characters. So was, is, was that you? Maybe as soon as I crossed that white line, yeah, I was, the first minute, I was up for it. Yeah, nothing was getting past me. No one was getting past me. And, you know, it was Sunday pub teams, who cares? But I took, I took it as if it was my uh, my cup final. Every game was a cup yeah. final for me. Uh, um, Martin, I think, I think you have a, coming on this bit and uh, as an ex- Yeah, I'm, um, yeah, my, uh, my first instinct is to say, you know, fair play, putting yourself up here to be shot at. 
and and I can relate to some some of the stuff what you're saying because I I don't know what part of Scotland you were you, you were born and bred in and Glasgow yeah Glasgow well yeah. it wouldn't be hard to work out what I was born and bred in. I was born and bred in Anfield but I, I live in Somerset I've been down here for 33 years I've been down here longer than I was in Liverpool actually because I moved away when I was 24 and I'm I was just growing up in a violent world violence was like the the response to everything, and I thought it was normality, and and I I this is uh, I'm doing I'm actually writing a book at, at the moment, and in one of the pages it is about him how I got into refereeing was playing, and I actually got a round of applause in my second season playing, but the teams the captain manager said give scouts a round of applause for not hitting anyone. <laughs> now that's how I was. I was mm-hmm. like that's what I was like. That's I, that's. There's loads of people who know me from around here. So I, mean, I sort I, of I get use, that. I won't use seeing the violence in Glasgow. I mean, I seen. I moved to England when I was 13, and in those little years, I did see a fair bit. Um, my mum moved us down here to get away from it, so I won't use that as an excuse. It was just me being a. No, I know that, mate. So, I know that. Yeah. I'm just. I'm sort of sort of calibrating my my head, and I won't go and answer it, and I will. I will talk mm-hmm. about it because I sort of get it. But because all the violence I had as a player was always against players, I never had a, I never ever seen having a fight with a referee or doing it with a referee because the, you know they're never going to hit you back. It's just mm-hmm. one of those things. So yeah, it was never on my radar. It was all because I wanted a rock. And and that with those feelings when you left me about 10, 15 years ago, my missus would see me like, you know, I'm, I'm, I was up for it all the time. And it was just weird, just a weird thing. So I sort of get how you response. And then like what you said, what struck a cause at me, it's that like you didn't know why you did it. You can't even yeah, remember yeah. it. You know what I mean? I and, and I get that as well. I get that. Because people who know me just be I'm I'm scouts, always talking, always off for a crack, would give everyone me me uh, you know me three kidneys if I had three kidneys, you know what I mean? I but I had this default set of violence. And when I went to the FA, because you might not know me, so I went to the FA for a bit, I had to do it a, a enhanced CRB check. And my mate who, who was at the FA, I phoned him and said, Fucking hell, I've had me uh, I've had my CRB check through. Or TBS, whatever it's called now. I said, I'm a bit worried. And he says, oh, well, 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 is, is any, any, any like sexual crimes against like vulnerable adults or children? Or I said, Fuck no, it's all yeah. violence. It's all violence. ABH, everything. He says, Oh, you'll be all right then. So I was thinking, I can't get my head on this. It was sort of like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, it's all right. You just got done for ABH. And so I really wanted to touch on that because, and I'm a big fan of rehabilitation. And even though I do say there should be lifetime bans for people who hit referees, and I'm, I'm, I'm always been quite big on that. But I understand, look, you're 19. How old did you say you were now? Yeah, it was 18, 19, something like that. And I got a, how I got old a five you know? year, I got a five-year ban at the time. Uh, I'm 46 now. 46, you know what I mean? I'm a different bloke I was for three years ago, but never mind that many years ago. So I am, and I remember talking to the lads who ran the judicial services department, the discipline department of the FA, who said the same? I would clash with him a little bit because I, you know, we said, "Oh no, people, we don't really, we want to get away from signing die because people can be rehabilitated." And I've always sort of understood that mentality, but like you know, one headbutt is still outrageous, and you know, mm-hmm. I'll fight everyone who ever does that. Fight in the way to commas on social media that it's unacceptable. But you know, there's some people who, who punch three times, headbutt, smack, stamp, kick, but these different grades in it where I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how it should reflect. And I get this flash. And I've always been a great believer is, in if that these big punishments wait, they'd never be a murder in America because they got the death sentence and yeah. everyone knows. 
the death sentence, if you, if you kill someone, you're going to, highly likely you're going to die. You're going to get executed. So I, I, the red mist comes and the red mist comes, you know. So I always sort of reflect back with this. But when when you said about uh, the police not getting involved, I can relate to that because I, I did something really, really bad and the family didn't press charges. It's going to be me book, uh, but the busies did. So that uh, that I reflected in that because I know if they all had all the had done what they done, you probably would have looked at that time. But yeah, I look, I look back and I think for that two minutes that I waited after the, the change room to, to apologise to the fella, I'm glad I did because if I didn't, who knows? They might have took it more serious than that. I might have got. I, six I think. I, you know, I think cutting on that bit. I think that speaks more volumes than the headbutt. Yeah. You know, I think I think there could be um, people out there that do that. Realize that they've they've made a mistake and they're not man enough to own up and put their hands up and say, Do you know what? I'm I'm really sorry I shouldn't have done that. But also, also we have this fight and flight thing, don't we? Mm. Uh, people people will stay and fight. And you've only got to, if you if there's a video of uh, 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 me uh, uh, in work where someone jumps out on me out of a box, they're hiding in a big massive box, and they jump out on me and I go right off with my fists <laughs> to hit him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then it's a scientific with other people cover their heads, you go, Oh, what can I do? And I've got a question for you, Scott. Yep, don't mind. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I, and I, sorry, and I think that's what happens with, with you. You were prepared to stand there and not run away because people do beat up referees and do one, and then the busy's got to chase them down and the club's got to mm. find them. So, you know, I'll, I'll never ever fully understand it. But the fact that you've turned all that around, you saved your time, did what you did, and then you qualified as a referee and now you're blowing a whistle. Yep. I'm not sure I've heard that in all the years I've been experienced in what I'm doing. Well, it's, since I did that, I got banned for five years. Never ever took up football again. Just didn't bother about took up golf instead. Well, you didn't uh, play at all had, again. Uh, no, but I'm told about three years ago when I tried right. it, and I done my I done my ACL on my left knee, and that was that after six games. But it was when I had the kids, um, and then I had my boy. My boy turned seven. He started playing football, and as you go, you turn up with dads. You help sitting it's up as usual, and then the coaches were leaving, and the kids didn't have a coach, so they put me through the coaching badge. Um, and that was the time I did the same thing at the time. I did a CRB check thinking, yeah, this is coming back. Albeit it was 20 odd years later, this is coming back saying, no, I'm not allowed. I said, no, I'm allowed. And that coaching, I worked with my boy from seven years old through to under 14s when we folded the COVID. And then from the year after that, I did an adults team for a year. And to put it politely, never again. Adults have rather coached kids. And then after I wanted to stay involved, once I got rid of the, once the, um, the adults game gone, I did my reference badge and got involved. Wow. Stay involved. I'm going to stay back to Wayne here because you said you've got a question you want yeah, to ask. Yeah, well, you've kind anyway. of like rolled in and answered it anyway. But how long were you playing football before this incident? So you, it was 18. Uh, I moved. When I, I never played football in Glasgow. It's when I moved in England. And, and So under 13s, under 14s. So you did four or five years. Four five years of playing sheet. football, yeah. 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 And then you got a five-year ban. So yep. I think you've already answered the question. But, you know, five years without football, what yep. did you do? Golf. Yeah. No I took up took up golf, but yeah, it's a good way to spoil a walk, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. Took up took up golf, and then yeah, had the kids, and that was that. Yeah. How so, old are your kids? And um, my kids now are eighteen and twenty-three. Oh my gosh! You know when when you when you can I I just want to touch back on you said that you did coaching for a time. Mm-hmm. What was you like as a coach? You know, did was you did you find that did you find that you was calmer because of your incident, or did you sometimes? Revert back to type, and I don't mean going around everybody, people by the way. But was you quite um, referees? Referees, character. I left them alone. Really? 
Now, we're referees are left them alone, and the boys were always told to leave the ref alone. We, you, you can disagree if you want, fine, but leave them alone. Um, and that's what they were always told from the from the minute they walked on the football pitch. So it, it, it's, something the that, it's something that's that's really kind of had a, a lasting impact. The the mm. moment that you had when you were eighteen, that you've actually said to them, you know, leave them alone. Because I know uh, I'm not perfect, you know, and mm. the way I'll tell you that you know I am not, oh, not right. that I, not that I ever threaten a referee. But sometimes I, I will ask them to explain some stuff to me. I mean, we, we but, never we never took our we never took our kids series. We weren't we weren't one of these teams that were winning the league every year. We were, if yeah. we got one good team, the local academy came and nicked them for the following year. One good player, sorry, the local academy came and nicked them for the following year. So we probably lost more games every year than what we won. Yeah. So we never took it that serious. It was, if the ref gave a bad decision, all right, we lost again. Never mind. Did you but ever share? Never, did you ever share the story with with your kids that you coached? Yep. Yeah, the parents all knew. Yeah, the parents all knew. I was on Radio 5 Live oh, 10, 15 years ago on a Sunday morning or something like that. They were asking for the referee stories and I gave them a call at the same time. And so, yeah, the parents all, the parents all knew. But yeah, on the, on the sideline, it's the same as it's just when I crossed that line. Sideline, I was fine. So, you know, it's amazing to think that such a negative event can be such a positive story. Hmm. It's, um, I, yeah. I, I, I'd like to, what I've always wondered as well is that when you see the things that, the calls I get, the videos I got sent, and all the stuff I get where it winds me up a lot, where I get quite angry myself with, the, with people who do it. What, what were like? Obviously, you could t- you could just tell by you were, the way you're talking, like you were gutters and stuff like that. But what were you like teammates like? And how did you tell your missus and all the day? I think, oh, you dickhead, or how does all yeah, at the very time, as soon as it happened, apart from headbutting the referee, the biggest regret, even more than the referee, there was a kid game next to us, and they saw it. And I think that might have been an under 10 in the Olympics game or something like that. And they saw it. Uh, a couple of our teammates got involved. They started pushing and shoving. I never got involved. I was like, I've done what I've done. I can't I can't take it back. And that was that. Um, but yeah, the biggest one, apart from referees, there's a kids' game next to it. And, so, I, and, they see, and the kids seen it. Let me let me come full circle with you because I think that I think it's a really it's a really great story. It really is to to be in a position where you're in, where you're actually banned from football for five years and you actually gave the game up. It was through having kids that 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 brought you back to it. Yep. Um, if I didn't have my kids, I wouldn't have done it. Yep. So now you're mm. refereeing, and you, you, you know you you say you'll ref anything. You'll ref kids' game. You'll ref um, adults' games. Have you had anything similar towards you? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> not so much. Not so much an assault. Um, I've had a couple. I've had a couple where I sent someone off. The centre back, the centre forward went up both on a heap on the floor, and as I've got up, the centre forwards give a little stamp. So I've sent him off. He's denied, of course. He says, even though the centre back's lifted his shirt up, he's got a big stud mark on his chest. So he's gone. After the game, he was waiting for me in the car park. I said to him, Fella, do yourself a favour, get in your car. You make yourself five times worse. He said, I just wanted to tell you I was wrong. I said, Fine, that's your choice, mate, but you go in your car. And he did. There was someone with him, and I don't know if it was his dad or just a, another person watching the game. He told me to fuck off back to Wales. I couldn't get insulted. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get insulted. I couldn't get insulted. Yeah, so I still put, I still put the report in. That club got fined eighty five quid. And then back in April, I had the game where I booked someone, sent uh, send Bindum, and then sent him off all within thirty seconds because he just won't stop. Wow. And then as he as he walked off the pitch, she called me a Scottish. See you next Tuesday. Do you know? Um, do you know? And, I, I, can we touch on Simmons? I love it. I love him in grassroots. They're supposed to let, allow people time to calm down. It actually no. makes them worse, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> my, my, only, 
They want to kill you. Opinion on sin bins is that they should still be fine because at the minute you get a sin bin, you don't get a fine. You should yeah. still be fine with a sin bin. I've never had a su- I've never had a successful sin bin yet because as soon as you say sin bin, that's when they get even worse. Yeah. Instead of thinking, is- I'll take my medicine for ten minutes and then I'll come back. They want to you you sin bin them. Honestly, some reactions are worse than reds. Well, this particular game, there was three tackles in the first five minutes, ten minutes that I could have booked them for. I was like, you know, so I called the captain. And I said, next one's in. I said, enough's enough. The next one's in. This guy never heard me talking to his captain. He's gone in, so he's been cautioned. He's gone off his nut. Why? What, what was my first tackle? I said, talk to your captain. I just spoke to him, and he kept on going, kept on going. I said, Mate, keep going, and he kept on going. So I was like, take, take ten minutes, calm yourself down. Nah, what the hell? He was just he kept on going. So he started calling me a few sea um, bombs, a few other things, prick, and whatever you whatever you call it. So he got his match. He got his marching orders. And then as he walked off the pitch, yeah, he caught me Scottish Sea next Tuesday. I was like, magic, cheers, mate. I put that in report. And then he was walking around the pitch because the dugouts were the opposite side of the change rooms. He was walking around the pitch and he decided, nah, I don't want to do that anymore. I just cut straight across the pitch. So we had to stop the game. So we had to stop the game so he could go into changing rooms. And then uh, when he when he got changed, he decided he was coming and sitting back in the dugout. Nah, mate, you're not sitting there, so you need to go. So I got another barrel of abuse that day, uh, that 20 minutes later again. Um, it turns out he got too much ban in the 50 quid fine for the original sending off. And do you think um, that's it? For the original one, and then for these uh, for the C bomb, we got another uh, for the Scottish C bomb, we got a, another 150 quid and another nine match ban on top. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, because so you got another match ban on one. Mate, is it, could that again? I, I, it, would that be aggravated because he used the same scotch? R- you mean racist? Yes, yeah, so I'm not sure if they call it aggravated by like a, a racist comment. You know, like yeah, a, I'm not sure if they've classed it as uh, racist or xenophobic, but either way, he's brought a he's brought your race, race yeah, or into nationality like, yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but for me, like I said, years ago when I was if I was on that pitch with him at 19 years old, I probably reacted. But at the time, I just started laughing. So, uh, I've been in England, like I said earlier, 32 years. I'm, mm. I've heard it before. You do strike yeah. me as a pretty calm fella, if I'm honest. Yeah. With you, when I'm refereeing, it, it makes me giggle. It does. So, so I prefer doing the adults because of the banter. When I do kids' games, they don't talk to you because they don't know who you are. They yeah. just you just go on with the game and away they go. It's the adult stuff. Some some of it just makes me smile. Yeah, yeah. Damn no, bad. It just I just smile. I want to it. No, I get it. And and do you do you think the punishment you got was was the correct measurements of the punishment? For, uh, for a 19 year old not be able to play football for five years, yeah, yeah, I did because that was everything I did. There was, I mean, to put to the point where I thought I could be when I was 14, 15, like I said, I was crap, but I actually thought in my mind I was good. I wouldn't go out the Friday night with my mates because I was playing football Saturday morning, really. And I, and I thought I was that, but no, so I football was all I was into. Part of your life, did you miss and it? For, and then you get told at the, at the time, yes, but as, as obviously as the years went by. No, I don't. then the kids were born. I got back into it. And then, why? Why then at twenty four did you not go back into it when your banner finished? Just yeah, just thought no, no. Past just it. yeah, just never got. But to be fair, my, my doc. By the time I was born, my daughter was born. She uh, she she would have been one years old at the time. So probably that. And then yeah. a couple of years later, my boy was born as well. So yeah, and then I, that was that. Just never got back into it. It is the question that I thought some of the sorry, sorry Wayne. Some some of the th- th- questions that I, I think other people might be asking is, did you play as a ringer while you were banned? You know what? Not when I was banned. Uh, when I was a te- when I was a teenager, I've got an identical twin brother, and he is shy at football. So we always used to sign both Scott and Gary up. 
So if Scott ever got a suspension, Gary played. Gary only played whenever Scott was suspended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, uh, no, I never, no, I never did it once, once I got suspended. No one ever played as a ringer, no. Wow. No. Could have done that. Probably could have played under Gary's name, but no. And there's no connection to the other Henry that was captain of Scotland once. No, Colin Henry, no, Fred, not. It'd be nice if I was, mate. No, no. Or, or the snooker player that I used to get asked all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no relation as far as no I am aware. So, keeping it strictly refereeing, and you're doing your referee now, and you you, you prefer your adults. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the biggest problem that refs face now, and and what do you think should or possibly be brought in to help you do your job better? Because I, I'll give you a bit of background into me. The reason I I got to know Martin was because I did. I've just recently done a documentary. It's not been released yet uh, about grassroots refs. Uh, the shortage of them, the challenges that they face, um, highlighted some some really big issues uh, within the game of football. Um, in, into how important I, I think I always think people forget how important referees are. You know, you hear the the phrase, and, I'm, and I coin it all the time now. It's a no ref, no game, and people laugh at it, mm. but it's genuinely true. You know, I run I yep. run a grassroots club. We've got ten teams. Yep. Uh, we are I need ten refs every weekend if if they're all at home. Uh, we've currently got four in our club. Me and Wayne are, are two of them, and it's it's a genuine problem. And when he, he can literally beg people to become a referee, and they don't want to do it, they just don't want to do it. They don't they don't want the abuse. They don't want the crap. Yeah, I asked my, I asked my boy. He's now eighteen, and I said to him, "I'm about to get into it." No, wasn't interested. So, from your experience, give me some good, give me some bad, and tell me what you think. What what you think would help? Because I, I, we've all got his own opinions. We all. Hmm. We all think we know what's what's the right answer, but you're hmm. in, you're in it like we are. You're in the thick of it right now. Don't matter whether you're doing grassroots or, or professional, you, you're refereeing. So what 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 are the problems that you face quite regular, and what do you think should be brought in that could? In help my you? in my first year of refereeing, I booked more coaches than I did players. I like because that because it comes. That, yeah, the like attitude it. of the players comes from the coach. Pure yeah. and simple. If the coach, you, I've done 95 percent of the game the coaches are ref are fine and the ones that are quiet the teams are fine the teams respect but the ones that are running on the sideline shouting at every decision you can guarantee his son and all his mates on the pitch they're the ones starting as well pause, so it, pause it there the pause it there there's obviously this new real rule coming in about how they need to behave on sidelines and that they can't all stand in a technical area I think I make you absolutely spot on there if you watch the teams where the managers are absolutely irate yep. they tend to find the teams are yep but, Every time, yeah. So coaches being amazing. Yeah, coaches, if, if, if coaches, I've done many games, my local academy, and their coaches have all told, you no, know, they say nothing during the game. Let the boys learn. Talk to them at half time. Talk to them. They do, they do, they do quarters. So you speak to them after every quarter. And the coaches that are quiet, the teams are fine. Not a problem. They just play football. So and then you can, sometimes, sometimes you can hear the coaches tear it, tear into them during the quarter, which is fine. But they're not doing it to the rest. They're not, and they're not doing it to the boys during the games. They've got to learn. And that's what, what, do you, doing. what what do you think could be brought in at a grassroots level to help combat that? I know the, I don't know if I've done it for the FA. We'd have done quiet weekends. Didn't work. Not a chat, isn't it? Oh isn't yeah, it yeah. yeah I've, so got, I've got to be honest. I thought that was the biggest load of shit I've, I've yeah. ever come across in my life. Yeah, but, but most I won't of them didn't even know it was on. Anymore. Yeah, most of them didn't even know it was on. That, yeah. it. it was done down here, right? And I think what you do by having a quiet weekend, I think it ruins the spectacle of football. Mm. What I, what I mean by that is. Right, you're never gonna, you're never going to drive passion out of, out of football. What we're trying to do is contain passion to reasonable levels. 
Um, and I think by having the, the quiet weekends, you you lost something. I mean, you lost a, a little bit of atmosphere. You lost a little bit of, I, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't feel right when I, when I witnessed it. Um, so to me, and like you say, not many people knew it were on and not everybody didn't follow it anyway. So that didn't work, did it? No, I mean, like I said, for me, it's, it's the normal country coaches. That last year, I booked coaches. I booked a lot more coaching than I ever did. Normally, try and go over and have a chat with them at first and say, listen, what they're hearing from you is what I'm hearing from them. They're, they're basically just repeating what you're saying out there. Can you cut it out? Otherwise, we're going to fall out. Nine times out of ten, I booked them. After, after I've had that conversation, they don't stop. And um, With regards to the parents, most of the time, I don't hear it, if I'm honest. I've had, I've had it a couple of times... Uh, one fella and one woman, I think they were under 13s games or something like that, where they started. And I've just gone over with my whistle. I know you shouldn't. Gone over with them, just embarrass the shit out in front of everyone. There you go, there's a whistle, crack on. And then they just they just back away into the crowd and you don't hear them again after that. I'd echo that. Would you not think that it's probably the same parents of the team with the bad coaches that have the attitude? One of them I've had, yeah, that was the same. Yeah, he, yeah. On, on this occasion... It was the same, and I don't know why he'd upset him. His, team, his, his boys' lad lost 8 0. And after I was walking past him at the car park, he said there was a shit ref fight. And that was, the, that was the third time he said it. So I reported it to the club. I don't think I bothered to the FA. No, yes, I did, because the FA find them. The club got the CCTV out and, and found the parent and passed the fine on to the parent. And the parent, because wow. the, the club didn't accept it. They said nothing to do with us, it's on him. And he had to pay that fine, but yeah, and that's what you find. It comes from that. But I say a lot of the time, it's the coach. He's got a son, and that's the two that normally the two that normally the worst. The you coach has come across very much as a guy with his head screwed on. To be fair, and if you were local, you could refer us any day, mate. <laughs> it's um, let's well, see. I enjoy. I try not to get. Uh, I try not to get annoyed. I, the one thing I don't do, I, just, I probably book a lot under sixteen year olds. Because I won't let my own children swear at me, so I'm not letting them swear at me. So because yeah. I've been them, so you let them. I don't let them. That's what I tell them. I don't let my own kids swear at me. You're not swearing at me either. You know, the, you, you know, just touching back on the obviously the coach problem. You know the what a lot of people. I just explained two things here. One thing the the, the quiet weekend listeners might not know what that is. There was an initiative that was rolled out uh, for grassroots um, last season. I think they did it twice, mm. where basically nobody could shout. Um, parents or coaches, you were not allowed to shout instructions or cheer or anything anymore. Supposed to be pretty much silent, and that was supposed to allow the players to talk and develop on a pitch and obviously reduce the abuse. But it didn't. It didn't really work, or did it really happen? Mm-hmm. And secondly, in relation to what do we do with coaches uh, in terms of booking and, and disciplining and what have you? Um, and this is not right, by the way, according to how everything stands in terms of the rules and the guidance and the safeguard and all that. There should be minimum two coaches. Um, at a game, at training. Uh, but what you find is because obviously people work, that sometimes uh, teams will turn up to games and it'll just be one coach. And yeah, got one two co- coaches, they've got two coaches registered, but only one turns out at yeah. time. And then what will happen is then is that that coach will also be uh, the safeguarding officer. So, and, and the, the first aid should, should one of the kids get injured. And I've seen it where um, a coach is an absolute nightmare, for want of a better word, and gets to the point where the coach gets sent off and gets red carded, but the coach can't go anywhere because there's mm-hmm. nobody to watch the kids. So you, you're kind of stuck in a situation where you either allow them to stay at the side of the pitch and continue to receive the, the abuse, or you call the game off and you still get abused. So you're in a bit of a, a lose-lose situation at that point. Uh, uh, in, in junior levels, when it's kids, 
not so much obviously adults because they're adults, but it, it, that's the problem that we face dealing with coaches on the sideline um, mm. at junior level because a lot of times they'll turn up on their own. And sometimes the, the parents don't show. Uh, I know, that the show, I mean, we're really mm. fortunate where we are because we, we've tried to build a community with my club, not just a, not just a football team. So we do get really, I mean, I th- yesterday at my game, I think we must have had 100 people there. Um, and we're only under 13s level. Um, so I'm qu- we're quite fortunate in my club, but there's a lot of clubs out there that a coach will turn up on his own. Um, you find that you get a lot of parents supporting from the under sevens and the eights, but the time they get to under 15s and 16s, yeah, you can know, know what you've seen. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Once they realise little Johnny's uh, not going to make it pro, they're, they're, they're not yep. too fussed then to get up on, on and the And it's one a freezing cold one and, and they can't be asked <laughs> to help out when they next, the next up. I, I, always, up. I always tell my managers, I always say to them, look, the time you, you really want to start worrying if they don't turn up to watch them in summer because you've got no fucking chance when it comes to January. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. It ain't happening. Yep. If you can't absolutely. get them down here to commit when it's warm, don't expect them to turn up there in the winter because it won't no, happen. Ab- so. Absolutely no chance. No. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think of that. You know, well, you, you, all, all three years were really in agreement there, really sincere in agreement when you said when it gets to 15, they don't want to know. Uh, I never thought of it that way. No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't so like you said something then when you, when they realise little Johnny's not going to be the next Stephen Gerrard, they don't want to turn up. It's probably is is an ingredient in one of the troubles we have at kids football with parents, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's um, when when they get to sorry. seventeen and they've got cars and girlfriends, you can absolutely no chance. Yeah, absolutely. The boys don't turn up as well. Yeah. When we were um, at under thirteens level, the under fifteens above us were low and parent uh, spectators and we would sort of like say oh god our group's not like that our parents are all here then we went to under 14s and one or two of these parents disappeared and now we're under 15s i'm taking photos at the sidelines that are pouring it on the whatsapp group like where the fuck is everybody sometimes you do get lucky when i was doing my boys teams under 13s under 14s i got asked to run an under sevens team for three weeks because the coach quit that three weeks lasted three years but within those three years, the parents in that particular <laughs> age group were brilliant. Every single week, couldn't fault out any one of them. They were brilliant. Yeah. So sometimes you just get lucky. Yeah. And even now, I still see them now. They're under, I think they're under 14s this year. The parents are all still there. Whether that will be when they hit 15, we'll see. But it, yeah. must be quality, yeah. it must be quality of your football where you need to sort your coaching out, mate. Make it more entertaining. <laughs> Piss off. <laughs> I'll come down and give you a few tips. <laughs> so have you been paying attention like obviously the stuff we've done with ref support yeah. in regards to you know we lobbied for body cams yeah. for a bloody long time I felt like yeah. I was just banging my head against the bleeding brick wall at size every, every I was getting journalists on side and doing exclusives with them and I really felt I was getting nowhere and then obviously they had the, the change of a hierarchy at the FA and the balls and the wheels started moving well, did you feel that body cams would, would, would be a good deterrent? I mean, if, from my experience, the three years I've been doing it, they've never really had, or I've never really heard any stories locally of what I did when I was a kid. Um, but just the thought of having a camera on your chest and when a player's shooting off, you just point to it, keep on going, mate, it's all on there. But it would shut up within 10 seconds, if that. They would quiet and write down because they know you've got recorded evidence. Going back to the guy that called me the the, uh, the Scottish Seaball, he denied it. Even though he did it in front of both benches, he denied it. Now, if you had the camera in front of you, there's 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 nothing he can yeah. say. Yeah, Proof. Sure. Yeah. The good thing for me is he at the time, whether he still is or not, he's friends with a lot of friendship group that my daughter is, she's 23 years old. And someone who I shall name nameless sent her a copy of their WhatsApp group chat where he's called me a prick and he's called me the Seaball and that as well. 
So she's then she's then forwarded it on to me to say they're talking about you in the group. I've kept it and sent that into the FA. So after he's denied it, we said, nah, here's your proof. You've sent it in your WhatsApp group as well. And I've done them. If I didn't have that WhatsApp message, he might have got away with that. With cameras, you're not getting away with it. Are you uh, are you wearing a camera then now? You got your own camera? Do you wear it? No, no, I don't wear them. No, not not allowed. Are you not allowed? Not as far as I'm aware, we're not allowed because we're not. No, no, no. It's only pilots at the moment, Wayne. This is only pilots pilots for another year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can. I have seen them on. you, uh, not YouTube, um, eBay and stuff, you can buy a little tiny pencil yeah. ones that you can stick in and no one would ever know they were there. But they, even if I was, even someone was to assault me, would they use it as evidence because it's not, I don't know, because it's part of the pilot and we're not part, my area is not part of the pilot? Well, listen, I, I get people send me stuff, like what you just said. They wear little pens. I haven't told us who was as this either. And they send stuff Breaking. to me. So to say, you know, look, I, I, I had a pen on me. And this lad's appealed. He threatened me, called me the C bomb, mm-hmm. said he was going to do this to me, and he's de- he's denying it. What do you think I should do? I said, well, you can't use that the PFA. You can't. They won't. They won't allow it. Which is another point of contention with me. I said, what I would do to you is, I would send it to him <laughs> and say you've got you it. You want to appeal, and you're going to use it. And ref support's going to put it out on this visit account. And he took away his appeal, and he just pleaded guilty. Really? Now I've done that or similar. Rightly or wrongly, a few times I've done a few things like that where people have come to me and said, I'm stuck in this mix book. And I'll always say, protect yourself. Just protect yourself. And and I can't think, and I know there's going to be people out there who just love everything the FA do and collect badges for the FA and the Referee Association, and we should always toe the line. I think if you're going to protect yourself, protect yourself. I don't mean get a knife or using nine millimeter. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? If you think you can you can have a pen, no one knows about it. You know what's there, and you can you can say, listen, listen, you did say that. There it is. Gonna save an all a, a lot of uh, an awful lot of weight. Martin, Martin, where would he stand if he did have one and he got assaulted? Would it be a case of the FA wouldn't use it, but the police would? Yes. I reckon the police would, yeah. Yep, yep. I, that's Absolutely. a really good question. Really good question. Now. And also what I've said all, all the time about it, and it's slowly I, I got more and more people on, on board with it body cam pilots, is that it isn't just ref abuse. It's homophobic abuse. It's racial abuse. Yep. Yep. All forms of abuse that these body cameras can, and those that are listen devices can make the game better in so many different ways, which is why I, I always sort of pitched it that way. Not through any lack of sincerity, but insincerity rather. Because I knew it would make a difference. And I, knew, and I know it made a difference. And it's the same with, the, with points deduction. Really disappointed that the points deduction it's a bit watered down and diluted. It's regular or often or serial offenders. No, no, no. If that's a child out there under the age of 18 and you get found guilty or proven, as you say, in the FA, of abusing or threatening that child, then you get points deductors. You don't I, need to do that twice. I can't, do you know what I mean? I, I can't believe that they've not brought that in at junior level. I mean, that should, surely that one would have been the easiest place to implement it. I crashed. Yeah, do you want to start again, Wayne? Yeah. You're always there, mate. I can't believe that they've not implemented that at junior level. Mm. Surely that, for me, would have been the easiest place to implement it and, and trial it would have been at junior level because it happens. I can't. And, and also, what was interesting, I don't know if you listened to it, um, mate, about um, Scott, about when we had Andy Ambler on, and he is yep. one of the departments he runs is, is the referees department. He said something that was really, really interesting now. We're going to keep in the back, our back pocket, not to have a dig at Andy, but just to 
use is, is, is leverage. He actually said the people above those levels should be looking down, mm. thinking that's going to come up here. Yeah. I thought that was a real, quite yeah. profound remark. Yeah, yeah, but will it though? The, well, the clubs and the higher levels have got the money to fight this. Do you know what, Scott? Do you know what? I think, and I've said it before, the boys have heard me say it. I believe, I've never had such belief. Call me a romantic fool, call me whatever you want. I've never had the depth of belief in the FA in protecting referees that I have now. I've, I've never had that before. I feel it, I smell it. I, you know, I went up to the, the launch a couple of weeks ago, really good conversations with, with the people who make decisions. I believe them. And and when I believe someone, they let me down. I make sure I go big when I'm let down. And I go big enough on it. I'm not a threat or that, but I believe them. And, and having someone like Andy Ambler. And do you know what I think it makes a difference, Wayne, is because Andy wasn't a referee, Andy was a chief exec at Millwall. And, he, and when I talked to him, I said to him the other week, uh, how's your perception of referees changed since you become involved in referees department compared to where you were as a chief exec? And he's like, it's Wales away. So it proves that concept in it when you get to our side of the game, you more than anyone, Scott. You definitely see the game differently, don't you? The only thing I will say with, with the points deduction, uh, the team that were involved with that guy called Woody Seabom, I refereed him a couple of weeks ago and Saturday just gone for pre-season friendlies. They still haven't signed the filler on. Whether they do or don't, I don't know. But they, they, have, uh, they are aware that if they do sign him on again and he does something again, they're getting it in the neck because he's got a history of it. So whether they, whether they, they've now got that decision to make, do they sign this kid on? Do they, do they sign him on? Because if he does it again, they're getting possible 3.6 yeah. point deduction. Yeah, I agree, I agree. We, yeah, chance, we, we had this with Andy, didn't we? And I said that would be massive. I think because, you know, you would be, you'd be really, you'd, I could think more as a player, if you became a problem player, that you thought, well, teams might not want to take me on anymore and then mm. I might not be able to play football anymore and that's yeah. what I love. So I think it would drive a change in the player as well. Well, at the minute he's banned until November. So if he goes to sign, if he tries to go sign somewhere else, they're going to say, "Why are you banned until November?" Yeah. yeah. And again, it's on that new team. Yeah. Do you do we want this guy here? And no, there's the risk that they just won't sign him anymore anyway. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, just coming back to the the body cams because I, I I felt we took some really good stuff there. Yeah. Would you would you would you wear one, Scott? Yeah, absolutely. What about for now? my own what for my now? own benefit for my own benefit as well? Because I get involved and I'll be the first. But I'll get involved now and again and a little bit of back and forth with some. The occasional player who swears at me, and I'll, 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 tell, I'll just tell him I tell him I piss off. So it'll kind of be good for a training tool for me as well to see how I react, or maybe watch things back in the game that you might think if someone's come up to you say you missed that there. All right, I'll have a little look later on. That's so a really good point for me yeah. as a training point. Absolutely, absolutely. For, for the actual, um, the actual abuse. It's, it'll cover you back. Well, that one I had in this last April, it, the guy wouldn't even he wouldn't have denied it. He would have said, "Yeah, okay, I've done it." There so, even though they're only piloting it in certain areas and it's not in your area, minute, that doesn't stop you shadily wearing one. Would, if I would, if I could, I've, I've, never, I've never, I've never, I've never did it because I don't want to fall. I'm always three years in. This is my third year of refereeing. I don't want to fall, um, fall out with the, the local FA, so I've never done it. If once they say permission, I'll probably wear one. Um, look, let's see, uh, Martin said earlier on. If the police, if something happens and the police charge, but the FA don't, then they're going to put on some amount of pressure. Why are you not charging when the police have got involved? So they would have to use that evidence, surely. Even if it's not, even if it's only a pilot, they would have to use it. Yeah. I agree. But, I agree. I agree. And But it does put him in a sticky wicket, Was yeah. If he does wear one, it does, he, he, he could get suspended and fined. And it'll be a terrible, a terrible message because, particularly now, look at that Premier League tournament over in America. The players are wearing the quasi cams 
refs are wearing frigging body cams. So the atmosphere and reaction to them is definitely cooling down. But um, I think it would be irresponsible to say to everyone out there, go and wear a body cam. But equally, I think it'd be irresponsible to say, don't wear them. I feel I like if you feel I think if you're in an area that's got a history of abuse, so if you know you're going to a team that you've refed before, or they've got they've got a reputation of being a bunch of assholes, it might be an idea to wear one to cover yourself. But otherwise, yeah, take it game by game, I, see I where think, you're going. I, yeah, and I think I think it's also on on the on the individual. And if I look at mm. if I think about me, for example, yeah. I don't really give a shit if they want to come and you know argue with me and. Say what they want. It doesn't bother me. Uh, I don't. I don't think it bother Wayne. Uh, it obviously doesn't look like it bothers you. But no. I do know a refs that it would it would kill them confidence wise if somebody mm. confronted them. Um, and to have that security of saying, you know, everything that you do or say is being recorded. Yeah, just have a little point to the chest. It's a, it? Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit yeah. of protection for certain people because it was really interesting comment what Martin made, and it is fight off light. You can't help it. It's mm. who you are. Some people will turn and run from it. Some people will turn and run it, run into it. And I think mm. depending on what you are as a person, you know, they'll be more helpful for some people than, than they will be for the for others. For me, I I wouldn't be bothered about where I'd wear one if, if they wanted me to, but I wouldn't feel I need need it for for me. Yeah. But I think there's people out there that would think, well, all right. Same here. I think all all junior kids, referees under 16, 17, 18 year old referees, they should all have one as part of the as part of the kit. Yeah, I mean, we we we're again we're in a really good position. Wayne's younger lad Max, <clears throat> who was on the last podcast that went out, um, has just started his ref course with a teammate from his team, um, and we're all rallying around him, and we're all making sure that we're at these games and we're supporting him, and you know, talk like we we talked to him after games, and you know, we've watched a few games, give us some pointers what they could have done better, pick him up on what they did well, <clears throat> but also I make my managers aware, you know, yeah. these are young refs, you make sure. You protect them because if if something happens to them, and you haven't looked after them, then I'm coming for you, because you're part of my club, my management team. We've got kids going out there to ref your games. You make sure you look after them, and that's that's a massive message from me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And well, I think I did, that's one I... of the reasons why I allowed my son to actually go through the ref course because I knew within this club um, he would be protected because uh, you know. I've 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 got a thick skin. I've had some some abuse. But I would hate for my son to have that and know no one's going to look after him. Whereas, like yeah. you know, ref, refing within our club, everyone steps up, and I think that's that's given me the confidence to allow him to do what he's doing, and he's thriving. He absolutely loves it. Yeah. Mm. I think myself, if I, my boy says it openly, he's not interested. In a strange way, I'm kind of glad because if he was. And I went to take him and watch a game, and someone abused him. I'd get involved, yep. and I wouldn't be able to help it. And I'd probably get more involved as a dad than what I would do if someone abused me as a ref on a football pitch. 100%. And I wouldn't be able to help it. And I wouldn't you know, be able to help it. So. Do you know the scary thing about all this, though, <clears throat> and what we talk about, it's become the norm. It's become accepted. You wouldn't go to a shop or walk down the road or take your dog for a walk in, in any other form of life. It's uh, forms of life, sorry. And people start abusing you for nothing because that's what they are really you're there to help them it's the norm it's like getting in a car and in a bump in the road every time you go out you little a bump in the road it's like every referee you speak to tells the same story and it's become acceptable and when you break it down and you think would that be acceptable in normal life 
just to get that abuse for doing, or turning up and doing your job. You know, people out there who do the jobs, you know, jobs that a lot of people might not like, you know, they might, they might be confrontational, but even them will get abuse that, that refs get. You know, it's it's mad. It's mad. that It's, it's become so diluted that a, another referee and incident is just another referee and incident. And I think there's a there's a bit on my... I don't want to put this out there, actually, because it's, it's my biggest selling point of my... Uh, my <laughs> <clears throat> but Martin says something in this documentary. Oh, really? Yeah. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. And it, it was a moment through all the documentary when I went fucking wild. And I, in fact, fuck it, I'll say it anyway. Martin said, my biggest fear is that somebody's going to get murdered, refereeing. When he said that, that sent shivers up my spine. And I'm like, shit, he's right. He's not talking about <clears throat> getting murdered at Old Trafford on a Super Sunday. He's talking about me, Wayne, you, mm, yeah, yeah, somebody yeah, was, that's yeah. getting up to ref a game of football for 20 quid, yeah? Put, this is mad. Technically, putting the lives on the line to ref a game of football. That's, that's what we're at. That's where we're at. COVID made people worse. The cost of living crisis and where we are now has made that, has made that, has made that go again. Yeah. So we are at a bit of a crisis point. And Martin will tell you more than I ever will in terms of the, the ref support helpline that he offers, <clears throat> what he does for referees, the stories he, the videos that he sends me of what I've seen, which I've used for my documentary. It's, it's fucking mind blowing. It, it, I, I think I've seen a lot. I've seen a snippet of what my iceberg, what we've seen, isn't it? And when you when you break, I know people say, "Oh, what he's talking shit." As if as if a ref's going to get murdered. Well, if referees are getting abused and hit, we all know that from life. Sometimes you can take one punch and falling wrong can kill somebody. We're talking about people risking their lives to referee a football match. I've had, I've had games before where I've turned up. And they've turned around and said to me, be careful of the opposition's number five, nine, whatever. He's a fucking psycho. So if he does a bad tackle, you best just to leave him be. And straight away, you're thinking, oh, here we go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Clear enough. It's not happened. He's never done it. The guy who's quiet as anything, he never had a problem. But you just put it in your mind, if he does do a bad tackle and you do go to caution him or send him off, what's coming? Yeah. Would it would it change your would it change your outcome? Would it change the outcome for you being told that? Would you me? No, no, not no. at all. No, okay. no, not at all. It, it won't be either. Game, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I would be, I'd be waiting to give it him yeah. just to see what yeah, I want to give him. What are you like? Let him, do, let him do what he does. Let him hang, let him hang himself. Simple as that. So, yeah. I think, I think one of, going back to the point, it took me a long time, you know, <laughs> to, say, to say that because I didn't want to get, I didn't want to get accused of um, dramatizing. Dramatizing it, you know what I mean? And, and, and like I, I, I really thought long and hard. I actually talked to the trustees that I was going to say this. They were like, "I think now's the time," because you know it's not getting any, it's not getting any better. And I also was something I haven't really talked about, but I think it needs to be discussed at some point. Is I would not be surprised if a referee has took their own life because of the abuse she or she's got. Yeah. Previously. And it just hasn't been, because I've seen, I've seen, you know, people said, oh, you know, he, he took his own life and 
no one's ever gone as far as it's because of the abuse, online abuse and all the other stuff. I, 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 if that happens in the future, that wouldn't surprise me. It would hurt me. And I'm always really worried about taking that call mm. and having it. And historically, I always said, I will go back to all those videos and all those other things that I've got that the FA had chances to make the game safer and they missed those opportunities. I, I'm finding it harder to say that to them now because they are making these changes that is making it harder yeah. for this to be in, in that awful place. Has it always been because Unless, of cost? The cost well, of the cameras, uh, well, we, the, the cost of everything else, has it always been purely because of cost? Well, what, what regards to the body cams? Yeah. One of the first things we did, and there's lads on Twitter who were giving me loads over this, and I and I know that all, they've all gone back into the, in, into the corner now. I, I worked on an app, developing an app that turns your phone into a body camera. And it's it costs us in the reason of 20 grand. We still haven't finished it. We haven't got a, more money left to do it. We put some of our own money into it. Me and uh, Janie Frampton, is a, who's the chair of Ref Support. Um, and the way apps change, you basically download this app and it sends your phone into a body camera with a panic button. And it's encrypted as well. So you can film children because it's encrypted and stuff like that. And um, it we couldn't quite get it on iOS. We got it on we got it on a Google Bing. I've got iOS on a Android, but we're sort of staying in a state of flux now. And when the the FA again, this isn't really public knowledge. I had to sign an undisclosed agreement with the FA going through the process. But we actually made a presentation to the FA to be the device they use on this current body cam pilot. I went to, uh, to the FA and we did a presentation with a senior police officer who was an investigative um, superintendent to say, look, all of it's covered. This And they give us all the, they give us a document to say, this is what the body cam must mm. tick the boxes on. This must Bob storage and encrypted. Ours is encrypted. But I know now, cost-wise, we want to make it free to everyone. So all you need is a phone. And this strap that we've made, you know, people go for a, a run and they have the iPod and yeah, the sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, we've got one of them in the middle of your chest, basically. I, well, that's I, three pounds. Was... It cost me. Yeah. It cost me. Well, but you said something to us some weeks ago that still struck a chord with me was how the fines for abusing referees is worth nine million pounds a year. Mm. So why would they want to stop it? Well, I know, you know I, about that, I, Scott. I, 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 yeah, I've seen it on your previous Twitters before. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and, and it podcast. is true. It is true. And didn't you see the last the last month of the Premier League? Wasn't there over a million pounds of fines issued to managers and people in the Premier League? Over a million pounds in one month or something. Really? None of that money goes to to the malevolence of any referees. It's always just a sore point with me. But you know, as you said earlier, sim bins are not a fine. So you, so the FA are doing something about it then. That's risking yeah. an income, really. Let's be honest about I it. I put on that one. I think they should because I've had many a game with the team's five six 0 down, and the guy just called you an asshole because he's yeah. frustrated. He's lost six 0 but he's sending him. But it cost him nothing. His team's getting smashed anyway, and he's yeah, just got yeah. ten minutes off the pitch. No, he true. should still get fined and sending. And so, I agree. I agree. And I think the way it's shaping up now, our utopia will be that our device, all we've got to pay for is a strap. It's three dollars, not three pounds. Obviously, I've met, I've got to get a few more hundred made. 
in China. Well, I want to give everyone the opportunity. (laughs) Why did you? Well, to be honest with you, India's on the on the radar now. But I got these straps made in China because they were so cheap. Obviously, good old British engineer in A Martin. Honestly, honestly, mate, that is beautiful. Why the British British Sunak will love you. Listen, because it was too expensive to make him in Milton Keynes. Yeah. No disrespect to Milton Keynes. It's all, it's all coming out now. He don't give I know, about I know. referees. I, he just wants to make money out of you. That's what it is. I do. I do. I want to I wanna pay £3 for a strap that I give to you for free. I'm going to be a millionaire next year, aren't I? I'm going to spend 20 grand on the app that I'm going to give oh. you for free. I'm a genius, I am. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so yeah, I got these straps made abroad. <laughs> Abroad and because uh, uh, they were dead cheap, and the idea is they give the strap uh, to the referee free. They download the app free and just use the phone. We could, we could monetize it by having sponsorship on it and all that, but I've always been reluctant to look like I'm making money out of ref abuse because that's well, what we're doing. Sponsorship respects us get that one on. But you know what I mean? There was, there was <laughs> yeah, sponsors interested in being on the strap and stuff like that. But you know, I don't want to be acute. It'd be nice to get the money back we put into it, 20k and all that stuff. But and I and I, I never I've never done it for making money be in a different business. It was was on making business out, out of what I'm doing here. It's that protection level, it's that changing the game level, it's that sort of look that it, we can change the game. Better together. The body cameras they're using now are really expensive body cameras. You know, you can use your phone, put it on selfie body cam, and when you open our app, it automatically puts your phone into airplane mode, so it saves battery, and you can't get a phone call when you're in the you middle know, of sending someone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> stop laughing at me, you. So what? <laughs> if it's in airplane mode, and the press the panic button, how the fuck does it does it signal off or just make a loud knock? Yeah, it does make a loud noise. Go, go away, you bastards. No, it, it sends the last 30 seconds <laughs> to the iCloud. Oh, and right, it, okay. what it does, it automatically goes the 30 seconds before you pressed it. So, uh, it, 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 you it, know, it I'm, taking piss the out, I'm taking the piss out of you, but I, I really like it because the, the expense is minimal. I know, but, but I want to give it free to the referees. Yeah, well, I know, but, but I mean, even, even for a strap, even, even if you did charge for a strap, three quid's not no. 200 quid for a decent... Camera and because it's because it's your phone, they'll have all the um, oh, go on, what they call it now, image stabilization built in. Because yeah, everything, a lot of yeah, phones do absolutely now. everything. And even frequent peace of mind is pretty good. Yeah, it is, mate. And we even went down the route of saying to clubs, right, you buy it if you wanted to pay for it. It's going to be even if it was just imagine the scalability of this. If you said, right, every player that's at your club is going to pay two pounds a year, why, don't, pounds you, why a year. don't you let me trial it for you at my club? I can if you want. I've got some straps left. If anyone wants a strap out there, you can have the yeah, straps. Yeah, we'll do it. No, I'll, do it, for, I'll do it for you seriously. And, and you know... Um... Mate, you can wear it on a touchline as well, because there's nothing in the iPhone. No, you, you, don't, you, do, you don't want to hear me on touchline, mate. Listen, oh, no, you really don't. Well, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. But listen, we've got the digress to this app, and I, I want to concentrate a bit more on Scott, really, if I'm honest, because it's tying in with what we want to do to address referee abuse. But tying back into Scott is, is like... I've been really impressed with you tonight. I didn't know what to expect. Hmm. You know, I really wasn't... It's clear that you're not that type of bloke that was you know, just your body language, the way you speak, your expressions, everything that you do. I'd, l- I'd like to think I'm not an asshole. No, you're not. You're not. I think yeah. you're not. I, th- I think. I think. You know, we're near an asshole, and I just think to, that we must recognise as as people involved in sport that people do have switches that get switched, mm. and these things happen, and we shouldn't 
take away the game for them for the rest of their lives for that. No, for, absolutely. For and I think we need to be able to reflect within all the governor bodies around the world of how they do different stages of a ban. Where currently they just say, "Oh, we can't be sanitized with rehabilitation." Well, I think I think that's not quite what we want. But I think there should be certain levels of of the punishment, which is in these these processes, for like five years, ten years, fifteen years. But they put a maximum on it of ten years, haven't they? And I think that's where they're missing this. People who did a lot worse than you should get more than ten years. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I've, I've, I've looked back on mine. I should have got a lifetime ban on mine, without mm. a doubt. Yeah, it was not as if it was a slap or anything. It was a headbutt. I broke, I broke the old fellow's nose. So yeah, at the time, I should have got, I should have got a lifetime ban. What, what, See, that's what a the... scary thing, isn't it? I mean, we talk to you now, and you're obviously, you know, you're a good guy. But you yeah. think back then, that headbutt, just as an off the cuff, could have been fatal. Mm. You know, yeah. just you know, yeah. the, Martin was saying that one punch, that one hit. You mm. know, and you know, and it wasn't goodness. a young referee. It was, it was an elderly fellow. He's probably in his sixties or maybe. Is he still about no Scott? Is he still no about, you know? I've, yeah, I have no idea. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it, to find out if he's um, about how he is. 28 years ago, so it might not, it might not even not be likely. Like, I have no yeah. idea. And yeah. I, I, I'm wondering if there's something there about maybe if he's not about talking to his family or... Because, you know, when, when this happens, I don't want to have any way to make you feel guilty in a lap because I know you're solid in the head. Is that, like, what people miss is that when they see this person in black, that they've got a family normally. Mm. They've got kids who see them come home. Satyam Toki, who got beat up on that one in London, he got punched three times. He went on to his kids with a big cut eye, you know, damaged jaw. You know, children see that. And and I think this bit gets missed about the humanization of what happens to referees on line abuse, everything else. Their I family mean, that, has seen them. That night when I got home and the old Bill were here and they explained to me that it was his wife persuading him. I thought, mm. well, cow. But then looking back on it, no, she was quite right. She, yeah. I wouldn't expect the fucking home, the fucking home Saturday. Well, black eye, whatever. I would fully expect my my good lady to tell me get on the phone. Yeah, and if you had kids, it would affect them, wouldn't it? And I think, I think that's just something that you know, I think needs needs the message over there as well as it isn't just this person with the whistle. There's mm. family, there's wives, there's husbands, because obviously we're lots of, lots of females in the game, and I just think that needs recognizing the bigger picture of it. But you know, thanks so much for coming on, mate. That's a pleasure. I, it's, I, no one's ever done it like this, you know. I've never seen any. When Wasta mentioned it. I was like, wow, no one, I don't think anyone's sat on a podcast. And I've I've been banned for football for assault on a matter visual and then become mm. a referee. I, I've never heard that. I like to pay I'm, I, the way I look at it, I'm paying back what I what I'm what I owed, so to speak. You and if I get banned, which I pay, but I'm still I'm paying it back. So and and do you know what? I'm not actually paying it back because I bloody enjoy it. You <laughs> know what? Would wouldn't it be a good punishment? Seriously, hear me out here. If People who assaulted referees before they were allowed back after they'd served the ban, they had to referee a minimum of 10 games. On that, last Monday, I did, I've never did the Leisure League. I've, I've, I've always heard loads of bad stuff about it. It was all fine shops, this, that, and other. So I've got a friend who's also a referee for me last Monday, said, can you help us out? And as it turned out, we cancelled this last week. I said, yeah, go on, I can help you out. He said, they're as good as gold. They never have any trouble. First game sent three players off for a punch up. Fine. But I got told that there was a guy two weeks ago got sent off for calling a referee bomb. So he got 100 quid fine, but they've reduced it to 50 quid, but you have to referee three Leisure League matches. And that was his, I, and he said, yeah, fine. So he took what? the reduced it, fine. I, I think it. it would really open the eyes to the people that did it to say, you know, actually, they've got a really tough gig. Um, and it might educate them better than a fine would or a ban would. You know, well, I had, I had one, of the, one of the parents that I used to coach 
he's got a younger kid and he came up to me a couple of weeks ago and said he lasted 15 minutes in the game and they had the hand the whistle back. He said he couldn't do it. He said he couldn't yeah. do the, the abuse. He said I never realised just how bad it is. He said I just gave the coach the whistle back and said I'm not doing it. And away he went. So yeah, it would be bang on for those that are doing it to get in the middle. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, listen, I, I think um, I could talk to you all night, mate. And I'd, 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 I think we're going to get some good feedback on this. I don't know what you think, was? Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's been brilliant. I think um, I think coming on with a story, um, you know, we, 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 we call ourselves a ref pod. We're interested in everything around football. You know, we try to tie that into referees. We try to we try to give a voice that's maybe not been there before um, to allow people to come on and talk about the other side of the game because even though you play, you, you, you're on the same field as, as the players, it's a totally different game. Mm-hmm. You know, you might, you know, you might be two feet away from them for 90 minutes, but you're not playing the same game. You're not under the same scrutiny. You're not under the same pressures. It's a totally different, it's, it's two fields, really. It's, it's, it's two games, one field. Um, and I think to come on to say where you went wrong, told your hands up, to, to, to go in full circle, to becoming a referee, doing it, obviously, you know, to help your, your kid out and his, and his team and, and then obviously keeping doing it. Um, I think that it kind of shows, you kind of highlight a lot of angles, but it also shows that refereeing is tough um, and, and you know, the levels of abuse are way above where they should be. But there's something about it for certain people which keeps you coming back, keeps you wanting to do it. And I think what you probably find in a minute is the people that keep coming back that love it are the ones with the thicker skin. Yep. Doesn't mean necessarily that they're better referees. It just means that they can handle the pressure and remember the abuse a bit a bit better. So my question has always been that if we could reduce the levels of abuse drastically down, how many more referees would then flood into the system? And how many good referees are we missing out on just on the fact that they've maybe not got the thicker skin or they can't uh-huh. deal with that pressure? But just because they can't deal with that pressure at the inception of them becoming a referee doesn't mean they can't deal with that pressure and handle it two years, three years, four years, five years in. Yeah, it's you... like anything you learn how to, you learn how to cope with stuff and deal with it. The more experience you get. And because some people are, are that terrified, they don't allow themselves to um, learn how to deal with it, to manage it, to learn from their experiences, the, the quit and the run. Yeah. And how many good referees are we potentially missing out on because of that point? It's all right. Same people like us, you know, I don't. People give me abuse all day. I, I literally, I'm not bothered. It's water off a duck's back. I won't go home and lose sleep over it. I, I promise you, I won't. I'll laugh it off all day long. But people like mine said, who maybe have gone home and done something to themselves, or thought about doing something to themselves because of how they've been meant to feel on a fucking football field when mm-hmm. they're trying to do them a favor for twenty quid. Would you bet? Would you bet against that? Would any of us bet against no. that? No, I wouldn't. Man. Absolutely not. Their own life. And do you know what, Martin? Do you know what? How many people, when people have committed suicide, because people do commit suicide, unfortunately, and there's they take a fuck, their own life is the way. And there's, the, and there's a hell of a lot of men, when when they do this investigation, how how in depth do they do investigating suicide, or do they just say he's committed suicide and that's his cause of death? He's he's killed himself. Maybe they don't dig into why he's done it. Maybe if they did dig into why some of these people had done it, maybe some of it does arc back to that, especially these days that. Like you just said there, Scott, you, you got abused on a football field and then, unbeknown to you, you were getting abused on social media and then your daughter got mm. the message and sent it to you. And if and if that person then sees that and they're like, ah, shit, 
want to climb inside a hole, want to escape it, don't want to go out. This circle starts. Depression, you know, anxiety. Where where does it lead? And I think that it, it, it's some really, really good point. I said before you came on, we've had stars, if you like. We've had DFA chief execs. We've had, you know, famous people like Jim White come on. We've had um, Sam Wallace. Jeff we've Winter. had Jeff yeah. Winter. You know, um, I always forget his name. Peter Walton of BT Sports. We've had all these people on. We all we're all singing off the same industry. We're all aiming in the same direction. We're all saying how it's how it's got to change. But to get somebody to come on who's just doing it for the love of it and 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 has seen both sides for themselves, it's really powerful. And I think people will take a lot out of this. And I think we've. You'll shine a light on areas that people didn't didn't even know existed mm. about being a referee, um, and I, and I think this is the importance of the podcast. Jim White came on a few weeks ago, and he said he felt a responsibility to the radio station and the fan base that he represented to get answers and to do everything he could to fight fans' corners and and football's corner. I feel as a ref pod, we have that same responsibility mm-hmm. to to fight referees. I know Martin does it anyway. You know, as his as his full time kind of thing. Me and Wayne are just chipping in with our little bit, um, supporting him. But as as on the pod, we're, we're pretty much equals us three, and I feel it's our responsibility to keep pushing this, to get it into as many ears as possible, to get it in kids' ears eventually, to listen and say, actually, these lads have got a point. Mm. You know, I've got to stop being addicted. Big, to sorry, the big the biggest when I did my referees course, there was seventeen people on it. I was the oldest one on there at 44 at the time. Everybody else is 16 or under. How many of those 16s are, are still doing it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No idea. <clears throat> it, so if, I, mean, I, I, can, I can take the water off a duck's back, but if you if you get abused as a 16-year-old, they'll walk away. Yeah. yeah, and didn't we get a start? Was it Andy Ambler or Sam Wallace? Somebody gave us a start and told us the amount of people that was um, walking away. In my referee documentary, my wife's on there because she's our club sec, and she was telling us how many referees we paid to train up, which was nine. Uh, when we first started two years ago, we've now got four left out of those nine. Yeah. That's just one club. I mean, it's so, crazy. The amount, of, the amount of text messages I get now in pre-season and then every single weekend, are you free? Are you free? Are you free? It's crazy. There's not enough rest. And that's a few times that by all the associations through the country. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. It it, it absolutely is. Um, but I, I think, like I said, coming on, giving you views, talking... Right. Open and honestly, from a, a referee that's that's boots on the ground in the toughest the toughest divisions in football. You know, I'm not saying it's not tough at the top when you've got pressures of a million people watching you. There's different pressures at this 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 level that we're at. You know, there's 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 less protection, absolutely less protection, um, and you're still trying to do the job, at, or they expect you to do the job at the same level who somebody who's in the Premier League. And Martin talks about this all the time. You you're gonna come down and watch grassroots football. You want a Premier League standard referee. Mm. Maybe that maybe that grassroots referee wants Premier League standard football that he wants to be refereeing as well. You know, so it's um, what is it? Coaches for horses? Or, I've got that wrong. I don't know what is it? Horses, horses <laughs> for horses. Coaches for horses. What are you on? I'll just shut, I'll just shut up now. A beard yeah. and the hands we had too. You know, honestly, with. when my mates hear that, I'm gonna get nothing but shit. I used to do a podcast, right? <laughs> and it used to be, we used to look back on nineties um, football because I think football miles better weirdly back then than what it is now. And we were talking about 
Liverpool, and I can't remember what it was on about, and I called Roy Evans or, or either Graham Sooners, one or two. Anyway, I called them fucking Roy Sooners. Every time that Graham Sooners was on telly, they used to text me saying, oh, your mate Roy Sooners is on Sky Sports. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I've had that. I've had that for years. So when they hear that one, I might edit that out, actually. Yeah, I bet you will. Yeah, yeah I bet, bet you will. will. Yeah, I bet you will. Keep that in. Well, listen, yeah. thanks for your time, Scott. No problem. Pleasure. Good, good, good chunk of time there. And um, and, and just please keep in touch. Thank you for following the Twitter accounts of the Ref Pod and Ref Support and all that. It's a, The more people follow us, the bigger voice we have, the more impact yep. we have. And the more likelihood we are to make change. Yeah. I genuinely believe that the Twitter accounts, because we have so many followers and who follow us, we do we do make changes. And to us, is it just shows that we you know we can bring about change at every level of the game. So, thank you for coming on. Thank you for reaching out to Wayne. And um, and yeah, I don't know if you yeah. two want to wrap up. It's maybe. been an absolute pleasure, Scott. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on, share your story. You know, spread some light on uh, on something that we all talk about. Get your views on it, and uh, on top of that, to meet an absolutely solid bloke. You know, it's, um, yeah, great to meet you guys. Well, from me, mate, I will wrap it up from my end uh, for you today, Scott. Been a pleasure. Um, keep in touch. You'll great do. story. Let us know how your journey's going on, mm. and then um, maybe in the future we'll get you back on. Yep. Anytime. What you're doing, um, and you know, if you've got any good stuff you want to share with us. Before then, uh, you've obviously been in touch with us on the Facebook page. Keep doing that. Um, well, come sit to come sit to him when Scott will be in. Gun, feel free to give me a message. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure you want that smoke. Sure, I thought you were Welsh. You can message you me. Welsh, Scott, yeah. Yeah, I was Welsh, yeah, I thought you were Welsh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott, thank you, mate. It's been an absolute no pleasure, uh, and we'll speak to you soon, mate. You've been brilliant. Thank you very much. You have, you have. Thank Thanks, you, Scott. Take care. So that was Scott Hendry. Um, just wrapped up. I I said I said before we did this that I thought that could be really good. I think it were superb, super interview. Um, I'm a bit blown away by. It. I know the guys are blown away by it. Keep getting in touch. Keep sending messages. If you're a referee out there, you've got a brilliant story you want to talk to us about. You want to come on the pod? Let us know. Everything now is at the ref pod. If you're on Twitter. If you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, it is at the Ref Pod. Get in touch with us, share, like our stuff, get it out there. The podcast is now available everywhere. It's on Spotify, it's on Apple Music, it's on all the other the podcast providers that are out there. But also the big one is that I've no idea why this is. People love watching us. So YouTube as well. The videos do go up on YouTube, and again, that is the same at the Ref Pod. All one word, the Ref Pod. Get in touch, like us stuff, share it, and we will see you next week. Martin, Wayne, pleasure. Later, guys. Thank you. Cheers, See boys. you next week. <laughs>